everyone. This is a Sound Health radio show with Richard Talk to Me Guy. And Sherry Edwards is at it on the soundhealthportal.com. Still developing it. It's a never-ending process. <laughs> Knowing Sherry, it's, it's amazing every time I see a demo. But the, there's yet a new chart or a new visual to see it. I highly recommend going to soundhealthoptions.com. Clicking on media and then looking there, there will be some video demos of Sherry doing a workup at the soundhealthportal.com. It's so great to have it online, available everywhere by the internet. The magic of the interwebs. Intertubes? Wasn't that Gore's thing? Intertubes? Not quite right. Anyway, the soundhealthportal.com, you can go there and you can look under services and then campaigns. And then the campaigns are free trials you can use. And you sign up for a free account and then choose a campaign. Could be BioDiet, could be PTSD, neuroplasticity. There are other campaigns there. I can never, because they're ever changing. The system will guide you through doing two 45 second recordings of your voice. You'll do one and then you'll do another one so they can have a comparison. And then you'll submit that after you've chosen your campaign. One of my favorites is neuroplasticity because I would like to know what's happening in the brain and how it's working and how things are, what could be better, fine-tuning. And you'll get back a report with just a boatload of information that really I recommend sitting down with a cup of tea and reviewing because it's a lot of information showing what's high, meaning might be too much. It might indicate that you're not assimilating, that it's in the system to be, but you're not assimilating in the system, so it shows as appears as high. Or something that's very low could be similar. It might be in there, but it just can't assimilate to get into the into the system, the methylation cascade and everything that makes the body work. You'll get this report back and sit down and review it. And then if you would like, you could also take it to your healthcare practitioner and show it to them and they could go, oh, wow, let's try this and see if we can make that go up or go down all about hypertonicity too much and hypotonicity not enough or too low. I highly recommend going to soundhealthoptions.com, look under media, and then look under the recent demos that Sherry's done on the Sound Health Portal because it's, it's amazing to watch, to see the kind of display information, the charts, and the information that you can discern is really great. I would recommend... I'll say this for a couple of reasons. There is a, a microphone, the Samsung Go Mic, which is available available at soundhealthoptions.com under the store. One of the reasons recommending the Samsung Go Mic is because it's great for doing vocal input, meaning recording into your computer, so that if you do want to do a recording of someone while you're at their place, their home, you can just plug in this little pocket microphone comes in a nice little case, well protected. Also because everybody is Zoom crazy these days doing family meetups with everybody and stay in place. It's really handy to have this mic because it really improves your audio so it doesn't sound like you're shouting into a can. With that, I will say, as I say, as I say every week, this is one of those shows talking with a regular Paul Galon an ally of a wealth of information. To find the replay of this show about 15 minutes after I press end, you can go to soundhealthoptions.com, click on radio, 
and then click on Sound Health Radio, and at the top of that will be this week's flyer for the show with Paul, and also links back to the show notes. And in this case, there are a lot of really great show notes you're going to want to refer to with information about all sorts of great things. You'll see at the top now we've added Stitcher and Pocket Cast, links to both of those. When you click on those links, it'll bring up a list of shows, of recent shows. And at the top, usually within about 30 minutes to an hour, the show that we've just done will be at the top. And you'll be able to click on that and listen to it again. And or somewhere in both those systems, there are sometimes three dots or some the hamburger, which is the three lines stacked on top of each other. You'll be able to send this replay to either to people easily from either of those players. And it's a really, this is a show that other people are going to want to hear and you're going to want to listen to again. I can guarantee that because there's a lot of information here. And with that, Paul Galon has helped bring a full range of nutritional and natural products to the marketplace, including nutritional green foods, seed oil blends, enzymes, antioxidants, vitamin mineral antioxidant blends, fluid extract herbal combinations, nutritional chocolates, probiotics, skin care, other concentrated powder blends, and bulk powder extract. Paul has been instrumental in introducing new foods and food preparation techniques to the market, including dietary programs. He's worked with various associates on a number of these projects and has been a consultant for many supplements, skin care, and nutritional snack bar products. As a result, Paul has become accomplished in all phases bringing product ideas to market, from formulating, sourcing, producing, to marketing. As much as is possible, he actively sources out organic ingredients. He is also committed to educating people on nutritional and medicinal topics through his company's catalog, website, product profiles, and through other forms of sharing information, which is often simply his warm willingness to confer directly with people. Paul joins us to discuss how to have a healthy and vibrant immune system. Welcome, Paul. Well, hello there, Richard. Hi. So it's good to hear from you, hear you, and uh, here we are. I'm speaking into a can. <laughs> right, exactly. It's a, it's a miracle. It's another miracle of life. Look, we're just all gathered in our little places. See, for the, for the nerdy crowd, such as myself, who speak into <clears throat> microphones for a living, this is just another day. This is how life right. is. I'm always alone, speaking to myself, just talking to myself into something device. Mm. So it's kind of yeah. a regular day. It's, yeah, that's called research, too. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> this is just how one lives. You do research, you stare at devices, and then you talk to people about it. Mm-hmm. I want to I yeah. dump into the deep end of the pool. Okay. And I will, I, I will refer people immediately to Paul's community.com unified great this is a great gateway into paul's world of information and then i recommend going there are other links in the show notes that'll take you to unifiedcommunity.info where he has gathered an amazing amount of information period and we're going to jump right into the deep end of the pool and i want you to talk about exosomes wow because well, it's mind-blowing in a positive way well, there's a term that uh, very few people know. Um, so what I was trying to do recently was to put a section, a new section, on um, my website, which Unified Community has, to, um, about um, 
2,000 links, and it has 100 categories. And under the category of uh, health, I put a new um, uh, edition called Alternative Perspectives. And under that, you'll find uh, exosomes. Now, there's a work by Andrew Kaufman. Uh, that's K-A-U-F-M-A-N, Dr. Andrew Kaufman. Humanity is not a virus. And under that section, I have uh, when is a virus an exosome and what are exosomes. And exosomes may help tumors evade the immune system. And anyway, these, the last three are clinical uh, data, and the others, Dr. Kaufman's 57-minute video. It's quite excellent. And just to basically give you a, a nutshell, you, you should see the uh, video, of course. Um, the exosomes are, what they are is they're, they're the vesicles inside the organelles in the membrane of the cell. So they have a lipid bilayer, and they release them into the extracellular um, fluid. They, um, they're kind of a lock and key for the circulation to a targeted cell. This is pretty technical stuff um, and the budding out of the cell. The interesting thing about the exosomes is it's when your body is under tremendous stress and what happens is your, your body, the human body, makes those in relation to a to toxic particles, to um, stress, to electromagnetics, uh, frequencies like 5G, that sort of thing, uh, any kind of thing related to uh, injury, asthma, uh, chemicals, heavy metals, all of those things get to a deeper level of the body where they're called insults to the body. And the virus is... Uh, uh, there was um, the, in the viro, virology literature. There's a James Hildreth um, who said, which was a major researcher in the AIDS um, uh, situation that had still going on, but had hit a, a peak several years ago. He was uh, major in. Um, creating a lot of protocol for that. He said the virus is fully an exosome in every sense of the word in the, in the virology literature. So they it shows identical uh, ACE2, how it regulates blood pressure, uh, uh, all kinds of things when you have it. They both have RNA, no DNA. Um, the exosome acts as a sponge, and it's... Um, it prevents the toxins from attacking the cell. So what it is is they um, they they help clear but not damage tissue. Um, so it's it's kind of helping when when you have a lot of this cytokine, which is the attack on the body in that cascade. When they take a tissue culture of the exosomes with the budding out. From it, if you do a slice of the tissue culture of the um, the COVID-19, you'll see the exact profile of them are both identical, which is very interesting. And I really urge you to really understand what they are. And, and what we need to do is really look at a lot of aspects to this and really see what's going on, uh, find out um, 
for example, that <clears throat> what's called Koch's postulate, K-O-C-H-E-S, Koch's postulate, was the whole methodology of how viral, um, uh, how the virology field works. And if you really look at that, you'll find that the you know there it's not being observed in relation to what's going on with the uh, that there's nothing being proven here there there's nothing being really illustrated there's a lot of fear and there's a lot of hysteria but uh there certainly is not what i would call uh really good science going on right now and i'd say look for yourself see what you find um you know, I urge you to do your own research. I'm not saying what you need to do or not. I'm just saying these are ideas. And I did my own exploration that I wanted to post those in my own website just to give this to people to uh, to think about and, and analyze and see what, see what sits well with them. And that's basically what I did with Unified Community in general uh, was to create an open source no sign-in, no commerce, no um, no tracking, no advertising platform that I have myself that, you know, promotes information. And I don't get anything for that. I just basically do that as a free service. So I posted a lot of stuff under this category called alternative perspectives under the health section on the left of the scroll bar. There's two scroll bars. And you can... Uh, read that for yourself. That's just one aspect of things and certainly something to look at that really uh, kind of turned me around when I saw that. I was uh, quite taken in by that. So there's much I more I too. can say about that, but you know. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, I, that show, that link is in the, uh, I put a specific link in the show notes mm-hmm. for people to be able to click through the Unified Community directly to that page where you talk about exosomes. Yeah. And sort of in, in yeah. my review of it, it seems almost like the exosomes are a kind of a Trojan horse horse in the system in that the system kind of recognizes it as not a threat. Yep. And they're looking at using it as a carrier for stuff to get it into the cells. I'm still not completely clear on it because it's quite complex the way they write about it. It's, I need it's a complex, simple like but, animation. Yeah. Well, what it is is basically, and they have that in the in the video. The the uh, Dr. Andrew Kaufman, um, humanity is not a virus, really has that. It's it's there too, and you can look and see. There's a good diagram from uh, Sally Fallon, as well in the mm-hmm. same section. There's only um, a certain amount of links in there. I mean, it's certainly easy to find things there in that in that particular section. So. Yeah, that's uh, a great so section. I'll, pa- I'll, I'll is... pause for just a second and really say to people, yeah, not unlike I say about reading the report on your vocal print, you want to have a cup of tea when you go to Unified Community. There is a, no, I can't use that word, I almost said a bad word on here. There is a boatload of information there. <laughs> it's it's <laughs> there you Paul go. has gathered a boatload of information. And this particular section on exosomes is really quite amazing. And it is, to me, one of the, my takeaways was, we've known about this for 30 years. Do you know what the, why all of a sudden is this like, wow, this thing is amazing. Do you know what, well, what tipped over the barrel that suddenly people yeah, are excited well, again? You know, 
it's it's sort of a very obscure uh, topic that not really too many people even understand to begin with. But the exosomes, in a sense, if you think of it, that when your body's under these tremendous amounts of stress or or any of those things I outlined before, it kicks that in to action. So it's taking over that. It's it's like um, all of this has to do with immunocompromised. When your immune system is compromised, we need to look at the bigger picture, which is the immune system and the ability of our immune system to withhold and withstand attacks and how healthy we are by what we eat and what we do and how we get exercise and sunlight and all of those factors. That's the bigger picture, not just to lay around the house, not get sun (laughs) and get depressed and be in fear and then go to a hospital. That is a losing strategy. You want a strategy that's proactive, not reactive. So I've taken this upon myself to, you know, look into that. And, you know, as you promote concepts and put out ideas, um, obviously they're, um, (laughs) they're threatening to many people because they're not known until they become known and assimilated and, um, you know, people change. So, uh, you know, there's so much to, you know, to, to talk about, but, but that's, that's just a, a, an aspect of it. And the exosomes is one part of the reality that I think is, a, in some way is a pretty important part of this, this whole discussion about what's going on with the uh, COVID-19. Well, I think one of the reasons I wanted to talk to you is because, I can't use any of the words I'd really like to use for regular broadcast news. I haven't seen anybody bring on somebody talking about having a healthy immune system. Taking regular, I mean, you hear, you sort of see that like the grassroots health group, which is the vitamin D advocates, you see a lot of emails from them and you see some people talking about it, but you don't really see anybody talking to particularly in regular media talking about the idea of one of your best defenses is to have a good immune system. So that's why we're here to talk is everything that you talk about in terms of herbs and mushrooms and other medicinals and oils. And let's talk about that. Let's talk about having a healthy immune system as a lifestyle, not as suddenly like, Oh my goodness, I need to do something stat. How about right. every day we eat something that's beneficial to us or we have that kind of a thing? So I think we'll start with, I want to sort of back into this by talking about cooking because it's mm. something I don't see that we have as much in this culture as in other Chinese or Japanese or other Thai cultures. Well, particularly Chinese because of my days of making decoctions and cooking with herbs and roots Mm-hmm. In a super stew, I know you do that as a lifestyle, mm. and you, so you get a lot of medicinals into your diet by just what you add to the foods that you're eating. What a radical idea! Let's talk about that. Please tell yeah. us. Yeah, well, let's say uh, you know I, I have recipes on my my website, which is herbprod.com, and you can see it. There's numerous ones. Um, 
uh, if we talk about cooking foods, um, you know, mushrooms are very, uh, you know, these are what, what you call adjuncts, what you add to something. And mushrooms are wonderful. I make, you know, a fluid extract. I have a powdered extract, a product called Mushroom Power Supreme. And then I also um, have a paste that I've made and other th- forms of it. When you make a soup, you can add that. You can add, um, you know, kind of a, you can add your liquid um, aminos. You can add garlic at the end or miso at the very end of a soup. Uh, you can add sea plants, you know, sea plant blends. You can add um, all kinds of things like that. You always want to check your sources and get the, cleanest possible sources and i'm using the uh upper northeast canada for sea plants but you can use all sorts of of things in it to to improve the taste the crystal salt the and you can have that in a form of a brine or a or a granular or however you want to make it but you can use that you can spice the brine as well with um, different cayennes and different peppers, or you could make a rosemary brine. There's there's all sorts of ways you can use all of these things that are right on your kitchen counter and then have them when you do a soup or, let's say, a salad dressing. You can add things right on the spot to that with your lemon or your olive oil or your pumpkin or hemp oil or whatever you like. You can add that into a, a fresh dressing, fresh ground seeds, um, uh, chia, hemp, pumpkin, you can just put them in a little seed grinder. It takes a few seconds. If you make your preparation easy, uh, you'll find that it's it's uh, it's second nature, and you can really um, spike your own health by doing doing that because you know they they can uh, it can be very corrective too if you ever feel um, you're coming down with something you can correct that as well. So. Lots of things you can do with medicinal foods as well there. Well, and one of the things that I, I like to do, and I got some of this from you and just from, I was a chef, so I sort of, ha- I don't, I didn't mm-hmm. have that as a foundation, I think, until we started talking. The idea mm-hmm. of adding, you know, the, the one of the great things about doing a soup or a stew is that you could add a piece of astragalus or you could add some burdock mm-hmm. or gobo or you can add things to that that cook right into the food you're eating. So it's not like, here, take your medicine. It's just this really great stew that happens to be, have some, air quotes, medicinal benefit, some immune support benefit. So it's exactly. just, it becomes a thing, a lifestyle. Yes, yes, exactly. And, you know, in countries all over the world, that's exactly what they do, whether you're in Thailand or China or or Burma or India or anywhere in in that part of the world, they they add the galanga, the turmeric, the ginger, the uh, you know the pungence, and you know the the Ayurvedic uh, system is found on um, you know obviously we have the sweet, salty, bitter, sour range, but there's also pungent. There's another one, astringent. There's there's various other um, kinds of tastes, and Chinese medicine uses a multitude of those in in a dish. So you might have five or six different kinds of flavors that bring out the characteristic of that, which is uh, like a tonic. And, you know, tonics are um, 
nonspecific. They're kind of like what the, the word would be adaptogens. So adaptogens help to tonify and improve and fortify the body so that it's um, um, more strengthened. And uh, the d- different forms of the, um, the ashwagandha, the rhodiola, the uh, Siberian eleuthero, uh, the holy basil, you know, lots of different herbs like that uh, t- tend to have uh, tonic properties um, as well. So they, they, you can add all sorts of different things. And, you can, you know, these days you can get them in liquid extracts. You can get them in powdered concentrates. You can get them in fresh, fresh forms. You can get them in a lot of different ways. So... Um, they can be administered in whichever way you like to use them. Well, and you can also, one of the things in, in the culinary world, we would call mm-hmm. it as a finish. You can oftentimes yeah. take an oil. Because mm-hmm. people, I think, mostly think of oils as a cooking thing unless you're making a salad dressing. But you mm-hmm. can also finish something off with a drizzle of oil, like a hemp oil. That's a habit I got mm-hmm. from you, is actually using your raw hemp oil. And, you know, just as a drizzle on it, right before I eat something, I make rice, I make steamed vegetables, or I make a stew or something, and then I might put a drizzle of that oil on top of it because I like the flavor. I like the astringency. I like the minerality. But also it's having it's having immune support benefit. So it becomes more of a, as I say, it's I really am going to be pounding the word lifestyle rather than this, rea- as you said at the beginning, this reactive like, I have to do something now. <laughs> Yeah, exactly. Long term. And, you know, it's just the way you set up your kitchen or how you how you set up things. Just having different things around that you can use literally takes in 30 seconds. You can change the composition of something uh, as much as you want. It's it's not difficult because you you have everything in your fingertips if you set up a little uh, preparation like that. And. Um, let me say about seeds or, you know, whether it's hemp or pumpkin or chia or flax or whatever. Um, generally, if you use a simple seed grinder, which coffee grinder, right? Uh, tremendous. I mean, you, you grind what you need for the meal and you don't need to keep extra. You just, you just take the, the whole seeds and, the seeds have that coating on them and just, you know, you just uh, pulverize them and put that on as a, a topping, uh, mix it into your salads. Um, you know, a nice way to go with a salad is um, you can use mushroom powder. You can use a little bit of the sea kelp blend. I use a little bit of the nutritional yeast. Um, you can use a little bit of a, a brine, you know, whether you flavor it with whatever you want to flavor it with, uh, uh, you know, different herbs or, or spices. Um, and, and there it is. And you can put a little coconut oil in steam vegetables and just stir those around. You can um, cook that with, uh, you know, uh, it's very easy. You just stir it and mix it, and it's really delicious because uh, you can use the coconut and the oils uh, just right in the dish at the end but not to cook with them as much as I actually cook in water. And then at the very end, I put the oil on uh, as a topping uh, if I want to, like I would a salad dressing. So there's all sorts of ways to do it. There's no one way, but, you know, there's, there's all kinds of possibilities. 
it's just nice to know there's all this what you can do. Well, and there's, it's funny when people think of cooking with oil. I think they think of taking a screaming hot pan, which is mm. tricky to begin with, um, mm. and then throwing oil into that, and then frying mm. something in it. That I think when you say cooking with oil, most people think of frying something. Yeah, and I think your style of thinking is more Pacific Rim, more the Asian yeah. cultures, where they start out with a broth. The broth mm-hmm. is a thing. I just watched a whole video, this amazing video, a talk at Google, of all places, mm. on making mm. dashi. This is an oh. hour-long conversation on dashi at Google. This blew my mind. Dashi is a no. foundational stock that's used in Japanese cooking. Mm. And it was amazing to see this woman talk for an hour about dashi. I, I'm still blown away that it was at Google. But there's wow. that. It's, it's a different way of you sort of stoop your vegetables or you know steam them, and then you can finish them with these oils or powders. And I want yeah. to jump back and, for a minute and have you talk about that sea kelp blend, because that's a wonderful – well, actually, yeah. I have to put a footnote here. I'm not here – we're not here to sell Paul's products. These are all great formulas that I like because I like them. I like the flavor of them. I like how they work. I've known Paul for a long time. But these are all things you could make yourself if you took the time. But I want, so that being said, talk about the sea kelp blend because that's a great condiment. I think of it as a condiment. Yeah, it is. It's, it's just a, you know, like a ha- if they're in half pounds and they're very inexpensive. Um, what it is is there's, uh, you know, it's kelps and the uh, red dulce and the different wakame and arame. And it's a, it's a powder blend. And it has about nine or ten, something like that, nine, I think nine maybe, uh, different sea plants in a powder form. And they're blended together, and it's called essence of sea plants. And that's another way of getting minerals. And I think minerals are very important, whether we use the... Um, Minerals from the Great Salt Lake, you know, those are very good, or or this, or other forms, or herbal constituents that have minerals in them, like nettles and things, foods like that, which is a real superfood. Um, things out of your garden. Right now we have miner's lettuce proliferating mm. everywhere, and that's a good one. That's really good. Get a good, clean source of it, and it makes a tremendous salad as well, so... We have a lot of that. You could. I'm going to experiment um, blending that maybe in a pesto. See what that's like, you know, with some garlic and maybe some little bit of cashew, that kind of thing. I'm going to play with that today, you know, later on and, you know, make a little something for that. Um, it's just kind of, you know, if you get preparation down to where it takes very little time and it's really easy um, and it's just a flow – it's it's more enjoyable and it's more fun. It's not a chore. And um, there's certain things that we all do and we have our own styles. And, you know, that's why it's nice occasionally to go out to restaurants and other places because we want to see what other people do. And, um, you know, we learn and keep developing. And that, that's the whole point of it. It's It's not... Uh, to be wowed by anybody's technique or anybody's style. It's just to see what we can learn, and then we uh, we apply that to uh, to what we we do. And, you know, there's just certain supercharged foods 
that you can add that have different taste profiles, and you could use them for desserts or dishes, depending on what they are. And they can be added, like as you said of the sea kelp formula, I have a bunch, a mm-hmm. number of shaker bottles. I, I, of course, I've mm-hmm. always had this. Also, I, mm-hmm. even before I knew you, I had shaker bottles because I'm a big fan of toward the end of a me, toward the end of cooking, mm-hmm. taking something and shaking a bunch of different things on there. Like we think of, you know, we think of salt and pepper kind of as a finish. Sometimes you cook with it, mm-hmm. but mostly it's a finish. Right. Finish means right. toward the end of me, end of cooking, you put it on as an ad, as a condiment. And I feel the same way about using the sea kelp blend, which has a particular flavor profile, which I, you know, is kind of earthy and a little bit of minerality, mm-hmm. but not in a really nicely balanced way. And there's all sorts of miraculously positive micronutrients in seafoods, particularly the kelp. Yeah, and, and the other thing um, I made, and you're probably one of my only customers, <laughs> was the uh, was the spicy uh, crystal salt um, combination I made. And that that's something I don't list in my catalog. That was just something I make because I go to a food trade group, and I brought it there, and I... And it's more like a fun item that I trade with, and right. I enjoy that. So it was a that was a crystal salt with sea plants and uh, kind of powdered um, spices that I blended, um, and a lot of different herbs, uh, and that was kind of a, a little shaker. So it's called spicy, the spicy salt mix, and I know you enjoyed that one. So I I sort of made that, but as a more like a boutique kind of a, uh, item as opposed to something that I, you know, sell or list on my website. Right. But that's a great, that's a great, that's a great example of, again, something that you could, one could do. You could take your own salt and grind it up with your favorite spicy foods. I have mm-hmm. happen to have a similar kind of palate to Paul. So when he says something spicy, I'm like, I'll take it. <laughs> What's spicy? I'm there. Um, and it's good salt. So it's yeah. it really does become a just a lifestyle, not an urgent, oh, I have to start taking this now. It's stuff that we use on either use or consume on a regular basis, all building toward having a, a healthier immune system that's ready for dot, 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 insert illness of choice currently COVID. Exactly. And, you know, there's just so many, um, so many ways we, you know, there's so much you can do with a green food, for example, or you could take fresh garden herbs and blend them in water and, and, you know, have that as a a beverage as well. So there's all sorts of um, things you can do for, uh, um, supplements that way is, uh, you know, whether they're a, a product you get that you just mix in water because it's right there, like a green food, or or you or you make it. Um, sauerkrauts. I have recipes for mm. sauerkraut, and you know, there's when you read about it, you'll find it's interesting. When you really pack it well, you can do a one-step process with it and keep it a little on the dry side and. Uh, kind of almost a texture of sphagnum moss. Now I have the mm-hmm. recipe, and you'll you'll find that it's a really nice thing to have in your 
refrigerator. You can make your own uh, water kefirs. You can make your own pickles. You know, things that you can just grab out of the refrigerator for your salad when you're making a uh, salad. You can just dice up everything, throw those in, uh, throw other things in, and cut up some olives, strain them, cut them up, uh, uh, add some that, and a little um, uh, lemon, you know, some kind of an oil as, as needed. You know, you put the oil on, and uh, you you can uh, make your salad for the amount that you need at that meal. And it's a pretty easy way. You can stir everything together. You can add the nutritional yeast and the seed plants and, and those things right in your salad at the end, and it creates like a Caesar sort of texture without the egg. I mean, you could have the egg if you wanted, but um, this is just... Um, you know, just the uh, eggless type, and you just mix them all together, and it's a really delicious, uh, simple way to do a salad. And it, it, you can literally from start to finish do it in ten minutes. So, preparation made easy is really the key, I think, here because um, you can make something very simply, and uh, it, it doesn't have to be a big mystery. And I want to go back to something you, you mentioned earlier about the idea of grinding seeds. Mm-hmm. It's really, well, there are two things here. One, I, I know a lot of people who for some reason don't know that they can do that or think that it's better to buy a pound of pre-ground something. Mm-hmm. But if you actually take organic seeds and just grind a few of them, they don't oxidize. They don't do anything. You dust them on a salad or dust them on a pasta or a roast butternut squash that you're going to eat oh, yeah. with other flavorings. Mm-hmm. There might be some grass-fed butter in there uh, with just a splash of hemp oil. And then a dusting of those seeds, yeah. and it's a meal. And you just oh, yeah. grind them then. You don't, gr- you don't buy a half pound of those seeds ground because that's going to make them more liable toward oxidation. So you just have seeds around and you grind them to order kind of thing. It's not a, it's not even a chef thing. It's just a, you have a grinder, which takes up less than four square inches somewhere on your Mm -hmm. counter and grind stuff fresh and even maybe grind the seeds a little and then throw some dried herbs in there and grind the whole thing and then dust the salad. And it's like, wow, that's amazing. So the last minute grinding is not hard. It's just a habit that you get into. Yep. Yeah, that's true. Um, it's easy, and you can grind your seeds in uh, a couple of kinds of seeds in the grinder, push it all out, and put it in your dish, stir it, and it, that takes less than 30 seconds. <laughs> Start to finish. It's real, you know, really Shocking. easy that way. Yeah, yeah. Shocking. So lots of, lots of things like that. Um, you know, the... Making preparations easy, I think, is a a real key thing and kind of enjoying it. And whatever you can enjoy about your life and uh, making uh, or having, allowing things just to happen that way, um, it it creates a more um, harmonious. It's it's just, you know, it's just an easier way to go. You want to eat. You lay out everything. It's all about layout. You just lay it out. You wash what you need to, you you know, you dry it and you just prepare it. You have a nice bowl and you mix everything together and voila, 
it's all what you like, you know. It's your your own thing. I mean, there's no um, there's nothing you need to follow. It's all about what what taste you enjoy and uh, what's the easy, simple way to get around that for preparation. And uh, that that's just a good way. I mean, these are these are just simple simple ways to uh, to eat, you know. And again, another thing that's really important is being conscious every day uh and again we all have problems with this of so staying hydrated drinking enough uh water enough uh uh liquids because um that i found to be one of the most dramatic uh improvements in my own life um you know for my own lung health was uh, you know intaking enough water and you know, five-eighths to three-quarters of a gallon a day is a good amount to get. You know, you if you if you have a mason jar and you put water in, you can have um, you can add a little bit of a, a concentrate like a pomegranate, like a elderberry, a black cherry, or something like that, and um, just shake it up. Or you could put a green drink in it, or a berry, very good. You know, or berry extracts, or anything you like. And you and you drink a few of those in the day, and there's your water requirements. It's all, it's seamless. It's uh, it's an easy way to to do it. So that's a, another good way to go. But helping to stay hydrated is a really key um, key point here. So we're walking, we're walking bags of water. Yeah, I mean, so you would think we want to keep that sloshing around in there because it makes everything flow. And I'm I'm with you. I like adding things to my drinking water, whether it's minerals or a, whatever's yep. on my counter. My counters are almost as crowded as Paul's. And <laughs> yeah, particularly like in the evening, I really like adding bitters to my water. Mm-hmm. And to in the evening, I'll have a bitters tea where it's just hot water with a squirt or two of bitters. Could you talk a little bit about bitters? I'm a big fan of them. Yeah, bitters. Um, you know, Christopher Hobbs wrote a book on bitters, and uh, uh, you know, years ago. And um, bitters are like gentian and uh, um, different uh, kinds of. Uh, there was a Swedish bitters on the market for a while. I don't know. I don't know if I've seen it in a while, but um, bitters help with digestion, and they're kind of like a finish to a meal they're a sort of a european tradition actually um many places many restaurants in europe uh they finish a meal maybe france belgium maybe countries like that they may finish a meal um um with a, a little bit of a bitter and uh it's just kind of uh you know something to um stimulate that digestion process and, uh, you know, help things move along basically. And, um, it's a, it's sort of a tradition and, um, it's a good one. It's a good one. Um, most people, uh, have a little aversion to the bitter taste bud. And what's very interesting is that on our tongue, the bitter and the sweet are literally practically touching on the, on the, sides of the tongue that that are the receptors to those tastes so the bitter and sweet are very 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 close if if you've ever had a a semi-sweet chocolate it's sort of on the edge of bitter and sweet that's kind of the range where you uh 
where you can see that they just about touch right at that point. Well, I love yeah. the, I love that, you know, people think about salty and sweet. Mm-hmm. I've always liked bitters, but also the first mm-hmm. restaurant I ever actually worked in was by a German chef. And I always kind mm-hmm. of felt that the Germans were responsible for bitters because they ate such mm-hmm. fatty yep. foods. They needed bitters. It was, you yep. know, it was a normal thing to have a bitters after a German or before a German meal because it was so like fried something with fried something and then oh wait there's a fried dessert it was everything was it was amazing it was really tasty yeah. but wow you needed something yeah. so i developed and, uh, a bitters Rich- palate early on exactly wow great you know richard the other thing is you know that brings you into sauerkraut and sauerkraut mm. was a big part of uh, german uh, food preparation and um, check out the recipe for it. It's really simple. You're just basically are. I found it easier. To, by the time I dirty a Cuisinart and use all that and do that, I can hand grade it just as fast in a big stainless steel bowl. Um, you know what I do is use the the cabbages and the beets. I use the I like the yellow beets and I peel them. Uh, carrots. You know you don't need to peel those. The, the uh, daikon, the different things. I use a little turmeric and ginger. I'll have those in there. I'll have um, maybe dill and caraway seeds. Um, and then I'll just, the, at the very end, um, you know, grating all of that, I'll just have the, um, and a lot of grating with cabbages, the red or the green, whatever. I like the green a little more, but the red is wonderful too. And you, um, it's very colorful. And you put a, I put dill and um, caraway seeds. And mm. then I just add that salt, blend it up, stir it in, and I pack those jars really, really well to where you can take the jar and hold it upside down and it doesn't move. That's, and then mm. when you press down, you'll feel the water a little bit. It'll be a little moist, but it's dry. And I just put it in the cupboard, seal it, and put it on a towel in case it comes up from the top and just put it about a half inch from the or half to five eighths of an inch from the top and i can take it out a week or a year later and it's perfect so it's it's easy once you know the technique of it and there's techniques and recipes on the site for sauerkraut and it's really delicious if you make uh, your own homemade sauerkraut i'll tell you you'll, (laughs) you'll you'll love your own uh more than anything you can ever get anywhere else. So um, once you've had once you've had food. homemade sauerkraut, you'll never go back. <laughs> exactly, it's true because <laughs> it's, it's impossible true. to buy the sloppy, yeah. squishy stuff that's available in the stores. Yeah. I mean, I'll do it in a pinch, but once you've eaten real sauerkraut, man, there's no going back because you can add yeah. so many different flavors. It really, I think, it really is getting that past that that phobia of stuffing mm-hmm. something into a jar and stick it in a cabinet for a week or so. Like, oh, mm-hmm. ugh, scary. But, you know, it's, I don't know yeah. what that is. We have that as a thing. Yeah, I think it's to do with the, the cleanliness. We have this, uh, this uh, phobia about germs. And, um, you know, the, it's... Uh, <laughs> It's one one of the things leading to this, this hysteria is is that too. I mean, that's um, 
um, you know, there's certain things that in other countries they don't get. I mean, you know, people get, um, you know, get ill when they travel because they're, they've sterilized everything in their home so much that they, they're not accustomed to the ambient bacteria that are everywhere they go. So they, and then they become more afraid to travel because they say, oh, well, I got sick when I go to Mexico, or I got sick when I go here. And I, but yeah, I mean, and there are parasites and there's all sorts of things, but you want to basically just, um, you know, use whatever you know to to have with you uh, and and you utilize it. You know, there's there's all kinds of things you can get. When I travel, I find there's turmeric I can find. I can find garlic. I can find other things like that. And I bring some things with me and you know, it's a good way to go. You're, you're, you're set, you know, you're not dependent on anything else. So. Well, let's say, would you talk a little bit about the benefit of sauerkraut, a non-pasteurized sauerkraut? So if you just buy it in a store, you want Mm non-pasteurized benefit on the, that old ally that everybody's talking about. We used to call it the bowels. Now we call it the microbiome. Microbiome. And, And that's, yeah, like the probiotics, you know, you're getting, naturally occurring ones. And when you do the analysis of the uh, sauerkraut, you'll see a lot of plantarum and certain uh, beneficial bacterias are are prevalent in the sauerkraut. And again, it's very hard to determine how many kinds there are, but I think I had seen, um, I'll, I'll digress for one second, to like water kefirs, for example, and on that they listed nearly a hundred kinds of uh, probiotic types of uh, hmm. beneficial bacteria on from just the general cultures of the um, kefir, the water kefir. So sauerkraut, I would suspect, would have you know a lot of different kinds, but there's certain more primary types of uh, uh, probiotics and of course all of these help our body um, uh, fight certain uh, or keep in control certain other uh, more harmful like candida or pseudonomus or uh, other bacteria so it's a it's a balance game and it's a it's a numbers game and it's an amount game of how uh, how much we have toward toward tipping the balance to our, to our betterment, as opposed to allowing our body to, um, not flourish and, and go into another direction. And, you know, these foods like sauerkraut does help the microbiome because it, it stimulates those, uh, probiotics to activate and, um, encourage the, the the more beneficial bacteria that that really help us so that's the tie-in so do you do you mean to say there's not one magical bacteria <laughs> that we need in our gut since i hear that a lot like here's the one yeah. we actually want a broad spectrum to have a healthy gut is that what you're saying are you such radical thought Absolutely. Another radical thought is common yeah. sense. Wow. <laughs> yeah. Um, there you are. You you know, 
A good one. You know, the, remember, even the soil-based microorganisms, you remember the stories with, uh, you know, Jordan Rubin, you know, how he had mm-hmm. the, you know, and it was soil-based organisms is what he had thrived on from the Crohn's condition. Right. And that's basically what he spoke about. And that's a combination of many kinds. Those are actually... Um, um, room temperature stable. They don't need refrigeration, those particular kind. Others do, more so. And again, they may deteriorate a certain amount, but not that much. There's there's certain concentrations and the there's a whole type culture of the where they're all stored and you know, how they keep records of all the different kinds. There's there's so many types of um uh, probiotics, and then again, if you're working with the probiotics, you're you're feeding them, and your your feeding mechanism for that is your your chicory, your mesquite powder, your burdock, your yucca. Those are prebiotics that help to feed the probiotic. They break down non-fermentable. You know, they they basically add become a food for the uh, probiotic to eat, and that's how it proliferates. That's another. Uh, pre and probiotics work very well together that way too. So you're actually alluding to the the idea that the body's a system. Is that it? Yes, it is. It's an integral <laughs> system. <laughs> it's um, you know, it's it's used to things that nourish it and materials that uh, support its. Uh, uh, ability to thrive and when you interrupt it with harsh chemicals and other uh different um uh different pharmaceuticals also um you know uh that can cause uh, a lot of uh liver issues and other problems um, and it throws things off balance, you know. When foods and nutrients are one thing that we're used to, well, that's what humans eat. Um, other other things um, designed in labs, designed for commerce, are not always in accord with our body. Our body has to deal with what to do with it in our system, how to eliminate it, what we should you know, what it does, what short-term effect we get. But that's not really a way to live. You know, it's moving into a direction where our body naturally takes care of itself. And these are things that I urge people to to look at. But it's up to each person to decide for themselves what they want. I mean, you know, people can be happier, they can suffer based on their own psychological um uh, components and you know there's so much to it but you know it's it's not as hard as it seems you, you know each each of us can find ways of uh enjoying flavors learning new flavors new tastes and improving our health that way but it's experimental too. We're we're experimenting with foods and nutrients and those kind of things, but our body recognizes it as something it can use and utilize, and that's the 
the key thing. It's not an extraneous, exogenous material coming from the outside to cause some particular effect because of our biochemistry is shifted out of some kind of a balance. And, you know, we all have these issues. You know, it's not no one has uh, perfect health and no one has uh, uh, any monopoly on any idea. It's just I think it's a challenge to, to come up with something that will be supportive to our to our well-being. And, um, you know, I'm just grateful to be able to provide some insights into that and my own experience. And everyone will have their own experience. And that's the way we learn. And we we hear each other's feedback and we we engage. We we learn. I mean, part of the unified community for me of. Uh, unifiedcommunity.info when I did that site and kept putting that together over many years it it was so exciting to see what those sites had and what people spoke about and 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 what they what they learned in whatever field and whatever way they were learning and uh, you know I was always much more um interested in innovations in in um uh, agriculture and permaculture and in in methods of uh, fertilizing the soil and uh, using um, you know different rock dust and all sorts of materials that would um, benefit our health through the uptake in plants and you know it's our link it's our link to um, to our nature to nature and really having a, a, a a like and a desire to be part of it as opposed to try to trying to control it. And, um, there's different paradigms that are existing and, uh, you know, it depends, it depends on one's perspective, but I'm advocating for, uh, uh, kind of more of a traditional understanding of what, what we can learn from through natural means natural plant material and this is uh was a path i've taken so we all have different paths but i think it's good to know the science as well it's such a radical idea the idea of actually being in relationship with the earth you're such a radical (laughs) (laughs) yeah yeah i know it's really the idea of you know that whole thing that's a whole nother show just talking about the idea of sort of that David Bloom permaculture approach to growing food that's truly, truly whole foods, nutrified yeah. foods, just like our microbiome. Our, my, our microbiome and the dirt and the earth is very similar in the sense that we want them both to be really healthy and happy. Yeah. It's a, it's a wonderful idea. And um, they're growing turmeric at the um, Whiskey Hill Farms, and that's part of the Bloom distillation. And... Uh, um, it's a beautiful thing. Their, their variety is the curcuma aromatica and, um, it's a beautiful turmeric and, you know, the golden, the golden roots of the turmeric and the white flowers and the green leaves. It's just a, a beautiful sight to behold, to see those growing seven feet tall in huge greenhouses. It's, it's amazing. <laughs> I've had the privilege privilege of visiting that farm, and I've seen this plant, and I've had the 
also a bigger privilege of being able to cook with that particular turmeric because I've gotten it directly from Paul occasionally or when I'm mm-hmm. down there. And it's really just amazingly delicious. People don't think of turmeric as a delicious thing. They're more like, ooh, rawr, yikes. But it's really, it can be truly a delicious thing. Sometimes I just steam it up, mash it with a little butter and maybe a potato. And it's really quite flavorful. Absolutely. And um, yeah, I have a little writing on it. It's called Curcuma Aromatica. It's Amada. And it's um, it's on the under articles and archives on my website. And you know, I urge people to read it. It's uh, it's a cultural piece as much as it is a nutritional piece of writing. And I think you might find that of interest. Great. Um, okay, I'm stunned. I just looked at the clock. Okay, we're done. Yeah. <laughs> That's yeah. It. <laughs> well, thank you. I really that enjoyed it. That was great. This. Thank you so much. As that always. was exactly what I was looking for. I needed a conversation about the idea of, hey, what you eat can be beneficial, not just for fun, <laughs> but also for flavor and immune support. And let's all have good immune systems. Let's start there. Let's all have good immune yeah. systems. Yeah. All right. Well, I know it's a radical. You, I, I know it's radical. It. Thank you, Paul. Okay. All right. Uh, thanks, everybody. Uh, once again, you can find the the links in the show notes. Uh, after the show, you can go to soundhealthoptions.com, click on the radio, and click on Sound Health Radio, and the link back to the show notes and everything we talked about are there. And or you can get the replay in about fifteen or twenty minutes. And I'll just say for the listening audience immediately that you can go to paulscommunity.us and find well, links to everything unified. that we talked about. Uh, what, Richard, Paul? it's unified, unifiedcommunity.us. Oh, excuse me. Oh, I have that written down wrong. Uh-oh, uh-oh. All right, I'll correct that. Thank you. Unifiedcommunity.us. Okay. Right. Thank Under you. paulscommunity.us. <laughs> Dot, uh, I'm sorry, unifiedcommunity.info, I'm sorry, is the, the information site. Paulscommunity.us is, brings up all three of the websites. Is the gateway, right. Okay, great. Yeah, that's the all gateway. Right, thank one. you. <laughs> the gateway yeah, nutrient. Exactly. <laughs> exactly, right. All right, thanks, Paul. Uh, thanks, all everybody. Right. Have a great rest of the weekend, and have a happy and healthy immune system. Talk to you next okay. week. Bye-bye. All right, bye now. <laughs>